main event for UFC Fight Night 206 is going to be a welterweight bout at 170 pounds between the American fighter Bilal Muhammad, who goes by Remember the Name, and Vincente Luque, who hails from Brazil but was actually born in the United States. We'll go over their backgrounds when we get more into this video. Luque is 21-7 overall with one draw, 4-1 in his last five fights. Currently a slight favorite here at minus 170 in the money line. He's 30 years old, 5'11 in height with a 76-inch reach. He's out of Sanford MMA. As for Mr. Muhammad, 20-3 overall. He's 4-0-1 his last five fights. He had a no contest against Leon Edwards, which we'll talk about. He hails from Chicago, Illinois. 33 years old in nine months, so about to be 34. 5'11 in height and 71-inch reach, so about a 5-inch reach disadvantage for him. He's out of Rufus Sport Academy, so both guys are coming out of very good gyms. So looking at the votes here on Tapology, Luca is 80% of the votes here, only 20% coming in from Muhammad. A little surprised. Let's take a glance at the striking numbers in these two fighters. For Vicente Luque, landing 5.65 strikes per minute, absorbing 5.67. So not great in the fact that it's not a positive ratio. It's actually slightly negative, but ultimately it's about equal. As for Mr. Muhammad, landing 4.55 per minute, absorbing 3.61. So a positive ratio for striking for Bilal Muhammad. For takedown offense, again, here's where Bilal has an advantage. He's landing 3.66 takedowns per 25 minutes or five-round fight. And for Luke, landing just about one takedown per 25 minutes. So for the wrestling aspect, you again, you expect Bilal maybe to get an extra takedown or two. But it has to be dangerous here because Vicente Luke is a very good BJ practitioner. As for takedown defense, here's again where there's an advantage for Bilal Muhammad. 91% takedown defense for Muhammad, only 64% for Luka. If you're looking at just these numbers alone, you're thinking, okay, Muhammad has an advantage. But there's more than meets the eye. Okay, let's talk about Mr. Vicente Luque first. He's an American-born Brazilian, actually born in New Jersey, not too far from our area here. His mom's from Brazil, his dad's from Chile. He was raised speaking three languages. He actually still speaks those three languages, Portuguese, Spanish, and English. He's trilingual. He started karate when he was three years old. He moved to Brazil from New Jersey when he was six years old. Unfortunately, his parents got divorced, and his mom, being from Brazil, decided, I'm going back home. In Brazil, he continues karate until he's 10 years old. Takes a little break there to play some soccer, then gets back to mixed martial arts, specifically Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu as a teenager. He kept training Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu for a while before eventually going to MMA for good in 2008. He's a black belt BJJ. He's married with his son. He has won Performance of the Night four times in UFC. He's also won Fight of the Night four times in UFC. He has the second most finishes in UFC welterweight history with 13. He's second overall in all of UFC history with the highest finishing percentage with 13 finishes and 14 total fights. That's a 92.8% finish rate. You don't think of the guy as that much of a finisher. I mean, he's a good fighter. But the, the stats kind of pop out to you like, man, this guy is a finishing guru. Only one fight has he won that wasn't by some kind of a submission or KO. And we'll talk about how he's won these fights because, again, he's kind of put into that box of like Brazilian fighter, jiu-jitsu guy, submission guy. No, most of his finishes are actually by TKO, which we'll talk about. Some notable opponents for Vicente. He fought Michael Chiesa last year, 2021, won by a round one submission. He came into the fight at minus 105 on the main line, so he's a pick him. He got taken down very early in the fight. That's one of his kryptonites. For Vicente Luque, obviously looking at his takedown defense, 64%. He gets taken down pretty easily at times. Sometimes maybe he's out of position. Sometimes he's not really focused on it. Again, he's good at BJJ, so it's one of those things where maybe he kind of, you know, falls back on that too much. So he gets taken down very early in that fight, ends up giving his back up. And if you watch the fight on film, it doesn't look good early. Chiesa, who is pretty much a submission master himself, gets the back. Has an arm under the chin, it looks like. Luque's fighting it. Does a good job. I mean, he was sloppy to give up his back. Number one, that was a big mistake. But the flip side of it, he fights it off, does a pretty good job, and then kind of wrestles out of position, gets back to a decent position, almost, give a, it almost gets to an arm bar against him at some point. It's not looking good. But Chiesa, who in the past has made mistakes with giving up submissions himself, ends up getting to a bad position there where he tries to get up and pretty much the Dars choke, which has been said to look at one of his favorite chokes, gets it in there, gets a pretty quick tap there from Chiesa. So on one side, it's like good that he came back from some adversity. 
On the flip side, if it was a better BJJ guy, maybe he could have got finished himself. He gave up his back early. It wasn't looking good. Next fight, Tyron Woodley. And you look at this fight, like 2021, Tyron Woodley fought MMA in the UFC 2021. That was last year. It feels like he's been out of the UFC for like two, three years. All this stuff with Jake Paul. Anyway, last year, 2021, round one submission win for Vicente Luca against Tyron Woodley. Now, that was a minus 185 favorite he came in there as. And Woodley was a shell of himself. He was so hurt in his feet. That's the fight where you see Woodley just like duck walking, fall over the place, just looking completely out of sorts. Luke is just tired of punching this guy. And so he sweeps up the Dar's choke. Again, one of his favorite chokes. And when he lets go of the choke, Woodley just like falls in his back. He looks totally out of his element. Poor guy, because at one point, Woodley was a decent UFC fighter or MMA fighter at that. And at the end, man, he just, he didn't look the same. And so, unfortunately, Luke just took a lot, took advantage of him. I wouldn't count that as a quality win. It was the end of Woodley's run, of course, maybe one of his last fights in UFC. But on the flip side, Luke did what he should do against a guy who's worn out and moving on. Against Randy Brown, 2020, won that fight via a round two TKO, like right in the final seconds of round two. It's a decent fight from the standpoint that Luke is not killing Randy Brown. Randy Brown's having his moments. But at the end of round two, Randy Brown is just exhausted. It takes a few punches, gets a bad knee to the face. He's trying to get his hand down to get grounded. And Luke like picks his neck up and keeps him up from touching the ground. Lands a solid knee, finishes the fight. He was a minus 210 favorite in that fight. So it's a nice win for him. If there's a criticism I would have for Luke, it's that he hasn't fought great competition recently. The fight before the Randy Brown was Nico Price. He wins that fight by a TKO because of an eye injury. Quality win, yes, but he hasn't fought anyone that's very high caliber recently. In this fight, I think the money line reflects that. I believe he's a favorite. He should win the fight, but he's probably not in the minus 225 to minus 250 range because of the fact that he hasn't fought great competition, and Bilal Muhammad is a decent fighter. Now, the things I like about Luke, first of all, the finishing ability, right? 92.8% finish rate. He's 14-2 and two in the UFC. 70 kill finishes in his career and five submission wins. 13 of the 14 wins he has were by a finish. He fought Nico Price twice. And I'm just putting it out there. Nico Price is a pretty tough SOB. He fought him twice. The first time, he beats him by a choke. The second time, he beats him because of an injury to the eye that the doctor stopped the fight. You don't finish a guy like Nico Price twice in the course of six years unless you've got some really good finishing ability. Again, the guy is a master finisher. He's also very durable on the flip side. You know those guys that like finish people a lot, but at the same time, they also get knocked out a lot? No. Luca has never been knocked out. He lost the fight nine years ago by submission. That's the only time he's ever lost by a finish of some kind. He's got a good strength of schedule. What I mean by that is he's fought some decent opponents over the years. He's got some good names in his resume. He's got a split decision win over Mike Perry. He's got some other good wins again, like Nico Price twice. But it's not like he's fighting guys that are like super high caliber. And that's one of my only knocks on him. And I'm not criticizing him for that. I'm just calling an obvious here. He's fought some good competition, but not great competition. His striking is underrated. I want to point this out. When you watch Vincente Luque, especially his last few fights, you're thinking, okay, the jiu-jitsu, two dark chokes in a row. There's recency bias. His boxing is very good. Okay, remember, his first discipline was karate. Then he moved to Muay Thai. And then he obviously then moved into jiu-jitsu as well. But the guy has got striking ability. It's underrated. His boxing is very good. And his TKO finishes over guys like Nico Price, Brian Barbarena, Jalen Turner, Randy Brown. Decent level fighters. And again, he's knocking these guys around with his hands. Now, he may be finishing them in different ways, but he uses his hands to set things up and his boxing is very good. A little underrated in that department. I think in that area, he's eons above where Bilal Muhammad is. Now, the few things I see about Luke's game that maybe can be considered a weakness, and there's not many, his takedown defense is not very good. So if you look at the fight against Randy Brown, the round he finishes the fight, it's like a minute to go in the round and you hear Randy Brown's corner saying, hey, just take him down, get a takedown. Luke hears that, doesn't do anything, allows a simple body lock, Looks a little fatigued, gets taken down very easily. And I went right back to the numbers. I'm like, yeah, 64% takedown defense. Muhammad's going to look to grapple him and wrestle him. That's one of his paths to at least winning a round or two on the scorecards. Muhammad's not much of a finisher, but he's a smart fighter. Like, for example, against Stephen Thompson, he didn't stand up with him and try to play karate games with him. Took him to the ground, a little bit boring, you know, close the distance, wrestled him up. 
The problem with Luke is if he does that and get, makes a mistake on the ground, then he can get choked up. But the bottom line is I expect him to take advantage of this low takedown defense percentage for Luke. In the fight against Brown, you see that. He's winning all of that fight. It's fine. But then in round two, he just gives up a silly takedown. He overcomes it gets to finish, but just a part of his game where he could probably do some improving. And the one other thing is the fight against Chase, I mentioned before. He gives up his back, and it's kind of scary. You know, it, it's just a mistake. It's one mistake, but one mistake can cost you a fight. Muhammad only has one rear naked choke finish in his entire career. Actually, only one submission finish in his entire career of 23 total fights. So it's not like he's a submission guru himself. But it takes one mistake, Luke. He comes in there maybe a little overconfident, give up his back, and that would be the path to victory from Bilal Muhammad. The path is pretty clear. Wrestle, maybe get around, get it to second, third round. Test the cardio of Luke a little bit, who's been finishing everyone and their mother. Get on his back, he makes a mistake, and you pursue a rear naked choke. That would be the path to victory. But again, for Muhammad, one submission win in 23 total mixed martial arts fights. Let's talk about Bilal Muhammad. His background, he's from Chicago, Illinois. His parents are from Palestine. He wrestled throughout high school, had a pretty good high school wrestling career. He briefly attended the University of Illinois, but did not graduate. He fought in Bellator and Titan FC before the UFC. He's the number six welterweight contender in the UFC. He's a purple belt in jiu-jitsu. Politically, he's been an outspoken supporter of Palestine. Obviously, that's where his parents are from. And specifically speaking on the military oppression of Israel. We're not going to get onto that. This is not a political podcast, but just putting it out there, he's been very outspoken in support of his country, his origins. Now, the most notable opponents for Bilal Muhammad. In 2021, he fought three pretty good fighters, Leon Edwards, Damian Maia, and Stephen Thompson. He wins over Stephen Thompson as a plus 175 underdog. He also gets a win over Damian Maia as a minus 225 favorite. Now, against Leon Edwards, he doesn't get a win there. It's a no contest. It's an eye poke early in the fight he came as a plus 235 underdog it was going to be a pretty good fight and people were looking forward to it leon edwards has had a real weird stroke of luck where he couldn't get fights or guys get eye pokes whatever and my first reaction was i thought he was i don't know milking it is that the right way to say it but it looked pretty bad in replay and his eye looked pretty jacked up i think it was actually bleeding it happens it's part of the game until they can fix the glove issues you're gonna have eye pokes and that happened to him but very busy fighter last year. You have to like the fight that he fought three fights in 2021 while also doing some announcing for ESPN. So the guy is very active as a fighter. He's on a six-fight winning streak. He's got solid wrestling. Look what he did against Steven Thompson. Now, Steven Thompson on the feet is definitely a better striker. Like in this fight here with Luke, I think Luke is a better striker than Muhammad. But Muhammad's the kind of guy where he's smart. He knows what he's good at. He kind of also knows what he's not good at. He's going to look to wrestle his head day. He's going to get him down. Then it's going to be, can you keep him down? Can you get position? Can you avoid getting submitted yourself? He's got some tools in the bag. Bilal Muhammad as a plus 150 underdog is definitely live to win the fight. Now, I like Luke to win. I think he has more path to victory. I think his finishing power is legit. I think his hands are strong as hell. But if it gets to a later fight, if it gets to round three, if he makes mistakes like he did against Randy Brown, like he did against Chiesa, he's going to open the window here for Bilal Muhammad, who's a very cerebral fighter to maybe get an advantage. Now, my concern for Bilal Muhammad, his striking attack is very limited. No kicking game. His punching is... One, two, look for a takedown. His guard's okay. His stamp defense is pretty good against a cerebral fighter, but no knees, no kicking attack, no attacking in the legs. With Luke, he's not a big kicker either, but he has some kicks. He mixes it up a little bit, and his striking is much more superior to Bilal Muhammad. So the striking attack for Bilal Muhammad, it's just a small factor of his game. If he can't wrestle his opponent, if he can't get top control, position control, he ends up losing fights. That's just the bottom line. And lastly, his finishing ability is not the best. Let's put it that way. He's had four straight wins that are by decision. 10 of his last 11 fights have gone a decision. We do not count the Bilal Muhammad eye poke, but 10 of the 11 other fights have got a decision. Five finishes in 23 total mixed martial arts fights. Doesn't have the finishing ability, not a hard striker, one submission his entire career. Path to victory is, again, position control on the scorecards. He's not a dominant fighter. He's not great at any one thing, not terrible at any one thing either, but uh, he needs to have the scorecards. He needs the judges to see what he's doing and appreciate him getting some ground control. Again, against Vincent Luque, that could blow up in his face. And lastly, when we're talking about the deficiencies or the weaknesses in the game of Bilal Muhammad, they did fight before. They fought only six years ago, 2016. In that fight, Luke comes in and does what he's been underrated in. He knocks out Bilal Muhammad in a minute and 19 seconds. Look, that alone has to be in the back of Muhammad's brain. You know, has he gotten better since then? 
Yeah, he's made some improvements. Has he fought some good fighters since then? Yes. Has he gotten so much better he's going to beat Vicente Luque this time? No, I don't think so. I'm not surprised if Luque puts it on him early and often and sort of just steamrolls through Bilal Muhammad here and makes him so uncomfortable that he either has to just sort of, you know, I would say tap out, but like I've had enough and ball up or gets himself in a bad spot and gets submitted. I commend Bilal Muhammad for this fight again, like Nico Price did, but both times I think it's going to be the same result. He's going to finish Bilal Muhammad. If he doesn't submit him in round two, he might finish him by TKO in round one. Those props, we'll talk about those in a second, but the reality is here, I think at minus 170, straight up at the money line, it's a lot of value in Luque. It is a five-round fight, so think about it from this perspective. Luque hasn't been to a lot of five-round fights, hasn't been a distance a lot, right? High finish rate. For Bilal Muhammad, if he could extend the fight somehow, maybe he wins later rounds by position control. But the early part of the fight, that crisp boxing for Zinedine Luque, the submission attempts, he could easily win three of the five rounds. But I just don't see this five-round fight going to the five rounds. You got a guy here, one of the highest finishing rates in UFC history. The fights we watch around this film, we watch Luque versus Chiesa from last year, Luque versus Woodley from last year, and Luque versus Brown from 2020. We also watched Bilal Muhammad versus Thompson last year against Maya and Edwards. Those six fights are down below in the description. If you want to see those fights as part of our free video library. Okay, the last few notes I have these two fighters. They're side-by-side -side comparisons. For experience, I give a slight edge to Vicente Luque. He's fought a few more MMA fights, and I believe the caliber opponent has been a little better. Now, mind you, you think of him as being older than Muhammad, but he's actually three years younger. He's 30 years old, and Muhammad is 33. Now, for fighter IQ, again, I give an edge to Luque. Not that Muhammad is not a good fighter and not a smart fighter, I just think Vicente Luque is a little more dangerous. Again, you don't have 13 finishes and 14 wins unless you kind of have cracked the code, if you know what I'm saying. So I think he's a little bit more intelligent of a fighter. Does a little better on the ground, I believe, jiu-jitsu-wise. Much better than the feet. For cardio, that's the area where I see these guys being very similar. God forbid it goes to round four or five, and I got my money here on Luque. He's a little greasy. You got Muhammad here riding him like a monkey. Um, that's where if you have a Luque ticket, you're going to be a little sweating. I don't think he gets to that point, but from cardio... We're going to see who's got the better cardio. If we get to round four, round five, the championship rounds, we'll see then. So cardio-wise, I guess some of these guys about the same grade. For finishing ability, we talked about it. No question, Luca has an advantage there. Boxing ability, again, Luca has an advantage in boxing and striking. For grappling, I again give the advantage to Luke. I think that Belaham is the better wrestler. And again, we talk about the person who could take someone down. Yes, he's better at that. But on the ground, watch the Chiesa fight. Luke makes a mistake or two against a very good grappler, reverses position somehow, and swoops up a Dar's choke. He is way more dangerous on the ground. I got to imagine for Bilal Muhammad, he knows he can get him down, but he's going to have to be very careful what he does after that. Like the recent fight with Paul Craig, where he gets taken down, he gets beat up for like the entire round, his head's bouncing off the, the mat. Ukrainian fighter Nikolai, I believe it is, he's doing all this good stuff. He thinks, oh, I got this round. Next thing you know, swoop, there it is. Paul Craig swoops up, uh, arm bar or something, ends up winning the fight because of a submission. So for Bilal Muhammad, if he gets in the ground with Luke he gets him down, yes, but the grappling area, the expert down there is Luque for sure. He has an advantage there. And the last but not least, who has the more heart, who has who has the passion to win? I think we're about equal there. I, I can't sit here and say that Muhammad doesn't want it as much. He's got a rematch coming up. He knows how important this is. I think Luque is also a warrior. But the reality is when you look at these different aspects, experience-wise, IQ-wise, finishing ability, boxing ability, grappling ability, there's an advantage there for Vincente Luque across the board. So the numbers tell me Luque finishes the fight. The under for the fight not going the distance is minus 150. For Luque to win by a KO of some kind, it's plus 225. And for him to win by submission, it's plus 350. But I'm a little surprised if the fight gets to round three. I think round one, round two, Luque puts enough pressure to, to win the fight. And if not winning the fight himself, puts himself maybe in a precarious spot. And Bilal Muhammad could do something like get a back position, get a rear naked choke. That's the breakdown, guys. Let me know what you think. Do you agree with us? Do you not agree with us? Do you like Bilal Muhammad more? Am I underrating him a little bit? I just think that Luque has the equation figured out. He's fought this guy before. It was a pretty quick fight. His punching power is legit. And he's in a unique spot in his career. At 30 years old, he's got a chance to make a push to get to the top level of this division. 
He hasn't fought any really, really good guys recently. He's fought some okay guys. This would be a quality win for him, especially if he could do it the way he likes to do it, with some kind of a finish. As for Bilal Muhammad, this would be a huge win for him. And again, the money line, for some reason, doesn't reflect that. And I think it's because people do respect Bilal Muhammad. They know of him. But I believe at minus 170 in the money line, just a straight up bet on Vincent DeLuca is a valuable spot. How much can you parlay it? We'll talk more about that when we do our summary. Again, thank you for joining us. Give me some feedback. And if you haven't done so already, please like and subscribe. Deuces.